Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know what, folks? Today is National Productive Business Civility Day. I asked my friend if she would celebrate this Civility Day with me. And she said to go blank myself. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. How you doing there, Drea? I am doing well. <laughs> Thank you for my lovely introduction as always. And hello to everybody watching us today. Well, And thank Enjoy you so us. much because as our audience knows uh, or might know, it's usually, uh, I call it Tamara Tuesday. Um, Tamara <laughs> Ugolini comes in all the way from Coburg into Toronto and, uh, uh, we do the live stream, but, um, she had a, um, sort of a, a series of unfortunate events happening. I, I think one of her mm. children got bitten by a tick, uh, used to be back in my day. I sound like the, uh, old, the Dana Carvey old man from SNL. Um, you just put a bandaid on things. Now you, you, you risk Lyme disease, I suppose. And then something happened to the internet and, oh, just a cascade of problems. But thank you so much, Drea, for coming off the bench and, uh, pinch hitting. Yes, no worries. And yes, prayers for Tamara's little one. Yes. Um, yeah, that's scary, but hopefully he'll be all right. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the Daily Roundup, it's a really fun daily thing we do five days a week, and you can actually be a part of the show with us. So we go over the latest current events. We do a few rants and let you know what's been happening, but you can join us by doing live chats in two fun ways. If you go to Rumble or Odyssey, those are how you can chat. There's usually a little pop-up on the bottom of the screen to show you what that looks like. And with a donation of $5 or more, which goes to the cost to run Rebel News, which many of you know does not get a penny from the Trudeau government, then you can comment and let us know. And we read those comments as well. So we hope that you will join us because we've got a good lineup of stuff to talk about today. Indeed. And I thought we were going to speak about the most irrelevant person in Ottawa. That would be Aaron <laughs> O'Toole. And we will talk about Aaron O'Toole in his farewell yeah. speech later. Um, but I guess the second most irrelevant or first uh, would be Rachel Gilmore. You, you know, Drea, for some reason, I couldn't sleep. I woke up at three in the morning. I just went into the home office, started pounding out some manuscripts. And for some reason, the first thing that popped on my phone was a Rachel Gilmore tweet. And as per usual, she's putting herself out on display, going to the parliamentary press dinner. And I thought, wait a minute, she was fired from Global months ago. How is she getting in the building? But I guess, um, you know, it's, she's a charity case. And she was going on about her mother who came with her. And she was making it very abundant that her mother is single Gee, I wonder how that happened. Um, so it almost sounded like the Rachel Gilmore dating service for her mom. Uh, <laughs> but then she went down a, a rabbit hole of, um, you know, propping up uh, woke, uh, politically correct, virtue signaling subjects, such as um, uh, her complaint about the um, anti-trans Griffiteria. Griffiteria? <laughs> I can't even pronounce this. I don't even know if this is a word. Why don't we don't just run? 
<laughs> Why don't we just run the video? And I want to hear you weigh in on this, Drea. The right-wing anti-trans movement descended on an Ottawa street on Friday. Oh, they were heavily outnumbered by counter-protesters. But what struck me about this protest was how much was fueled by misinformation and grifter media types. Here's what's up. The protest was organized by a guy who goes by the name Billboard Chris. He basically travels around North America sharing anti-trans messaging in the name of defending kids. Despite study after study showing that gender-affirming care actually saves kids' lives. He also ignored the school board's request to move the protest elsewhere. A lot of the stuff the anti-trans protesters were yelling about wasn't even being taught in these schools. That's according to the students themselves. Despite all of this, the right-wing grifterati were all over this protest. Exhibit A. Eva Fry, a live streamer who has almost half a million Twitter followers and currently lives in Florida, was also there. So were a handful of live streamers associated with the far-right extremist group Diagolon. They don't live in Ottawa. And look who appears to have flown in from Alberta. All of this begs the question, how big would this anti-trans movement actually be if it didn't have grifter media pouring gasoline on the fire? I've got my suspicions. We should all be worried about the outsized impact this small group is having on the vulnerable. What do you think of all this? The right wing. Uh, what I think, Drea, is now we all know why she's an ex-journalist. She gets so much of the factual narrative wrong. Um, mm -hmm. By the way, are those things monetized? Those little, uh, you know, homemade monologues she does. I, I mean, you know, because I think Drea, anyone can get behind a microphone and blabber on. Uh, it's another thing to actually, you know, make a living. But then again, he she brought her mom to the press dinner uh, the other night. So I guess she's showing some, um, I don't know, quid pro quo to the person who is actually paying the bills, uh, given that Rachel Gilmore um, remains gainfully unemployed. What are your thoughts on that rant we just heard, Drea? You know, I don't know how you can get so many things wrong in such a short <laughs> clip. Um, it's quite an impressive skill. But starting with far-right anti-trans. I mean, anybody who follows Billboard, Chris, or uh, pretty much all of the activists speaking out about the harms that are associated with, you know, medically transitioning children before their frontal cortex is developed. It's not an anti-trans thing. It's a pro-children thing. And it's just, let's let them wait until they can, you know, decide to pierce their own ears or drive a car or buy alcohol. It's really the argument um, but what concerns me about that is you always hear people who who call such protesters anti-trans talking about, um, you know, the suicide rates in children who do have gender dysphoria. So why would you mislabel things like that anti-trans? You're basically telling those kids that these people hate you. They don't want you to exist when that couldn't be further from the truth. They want you to stay healthy and just make sure you're not going to make a decision that could, um, you know, change you negatively for the rest of your life. If you still want to do that when you're older, let it be. The other one I'll point out, because I don't want to give her too much time <laughs> on this, um, is, is she quickly points out that Kian Bexty is there. And oh, yes. uh, yeah, he's a journalist. Oops. <laughs> you, you know, what is so weird about a journalist showing up to cover a protest in Canada's capital? And, you know, perhaps that's just because of her type of journalism, if you will, is a keyboard warrior standing behind a screen waiting for something to pop up that she can just regurgitate in a TikTok video. So, And, and, and you know, in this business, Drea, Rachel Gilmore is always guilty of the violation that is known as burying the lead. The lead isn't that billboard Chris, who is a very civil man, never drops an F-bomb, never throws a haymaker. He has been 
violently assaulted, as you well know, Drea, on so many occasions. I think he had his arm broken in Montreal. And um, this is not mentioned. I mean, may, even if you abhor his message, as mm -hmm. the woke Gilmore does, um, that doesn't give you the right to physically maim somebody. But she doesn't even address that. Um, mm -hmm. It's like it's open season because, uh, well, I believe Gilmore probably subscribes to the left wing saying uh, punch a Nazi. And a Nazi isn't somebody hell bent on world conquest or trying to carry out a genocide, but rather has a differing opinion. So let's All not right. match wits. Uh, let's shut him down physically. Unbelievable. But you know what? I concur with you. We've already given her too much time. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, I, I got to tell you, Drea. Rachel Gilmore, I'm glad she's posting these videos now that she doesn't actually have a paying gig because she's kind of like, you know, a classic WWF villain that you love to hate, like Bobby the Brain Heenan, right? You know, they're, they're the bad guys and they're managing the heels, but, oh, wrestling would be so boring without their rhetoric. That's basically the role I think Rachel Gilmore plays. So <laughs> let us move on. Um, oh, I see there's a bit of a kerfuffle. Um, there's a officer with the uh, Canadian Army um, that was involved in the counter-protest with Antifa. And, um, well, I don't know if we have a video clip for this or not, but this is very interesting. There is video... But the military is claiming he wasn't involved. So what are we seeing here? Is this CGI, Drea? <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays, it's, it certainly could be AI. But no, this is reality. This is, uh, you know, they just clearly, you can see him right in the mix of it all. But apparently he's not participating. And I can't help but think of the officers who got so vilified for, um, you know, being parts of protests. It, during lockdowns and things like that, there was one officer we interviewed from Saskatchewan who got in so much trouble for that. But there he is. Look at him. He's yelling. <laughs> That's him not being involved in any way there. Isn't that amazing? I mean, okay, maybe we can give the benefit of the doubt. We got He's been misidentified. Uh, he's got a doppelganger. There's a twin brother. I don't know. Those are the only other explanations. But it looks like... That's the guy. And you're so right. If that was um, a military officer, say, at the Freedom Convoy last year, you know mm -hmm. you know how that person would be vilified, probably forced to walk the plank. And you know what's kind of odd, Dre, is that being a soldier, um, isn't that all about what the left hates? You know, toxic masculinity. Although... Thank God we had some toxic masculinity in Heap and Helpins back some more than 80 years ago, Drea. It helped Absolutely. win a world war and preserve our liberty. Uh, so it kind of worked in okay there. So it's kind of funny that um, he'd be welcome into the ranks because of all that whole toxic masculinity business. Yep, exactly. We need our toxic men, <laughs> don't we? But um, yeah, there are multiple angles of this uh gentleman being there and uh, being quite involved. And another thing about there, I'm just going to say here for a sec, is there was other violence. There's um, 
you can see on the thumbnail if you scroll down in the article um not other violence but the the rabid trans activist who just looks irate I, i'm kind of going off but it's worth showing if we have video there she is to the left of the screen uh something else rachel gilmore wouldn't report on there there was pulling <laughs> of hair and all of this so um there's always a lot of action at these protests usually from the supporters of such events just incredible and you know i know the canadian armed forces is having a dickens of a time recruiting I'm kind of understanding why, because if that's the guy I'm going to share a foxhole with if a conflict comes up, I don't want any part of that kind of wokeism and political correctness. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of soldier he is, but if he subscribes to the whole uh, rainbow mafia way of doing things, nah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of not on that team. Um, and keeping with the theme before we get to the ad break, uh, Drea, um, Oh, the White House had a Pride event. Was by the way, was masking mandatory at the Pride event? Because oh no, I, <laughs> clothing wasn't mandatory either. Apparently. <laughs> so I think we have a little vid uh, from Libs of TikTok. Let's check this out. Welcome to the White House. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah. Transgender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You are understood. You are loved. And you belong. The bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. I mean, you're welcome. Good folks. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor. Fans' rights are human rights. Oh, it's a video. Like, where am I? Well, Dre, I'll say this. Now we know where all that unsold Bud Light was being uh, <laughs> provided as refreshments. I mean, holy Dylan Mulvaney, what a freak show. And, you know, the lack of respect and decorum for that august office with, um, I don't know if it was a he, she, or she, her, or whatever it was, taking the top off, uh, jiggling the, the, the breasts. I don't know if they're real memory glands or implants. By the way, I've always said this, and I'm not saying this as a joke. I really want to know because we'll be having the uh, Gay Pride Parade uh, later this month in Toronto. Andrea, par for the course, there will be full frontal nudity on display. What does nudity have to do with pride? Whether you have pride in your sexual orientation or your gender identification, why does that go hand in hand with taking your clothes off and, you know, walking down Church Street with your junk hanging out? Can you explain that for me, please? Well, it's certainly a shoe win for uh, people who love to engage in voyeurism. And it's not just toplessness that you'll see. You'll also see uh, men without their bottoms, yep. for the most part. We've seen that many times. I'm sure that's coming again. But this is the White House. What is going on here? <laughs> Where is the respect? Where is the dignity? I mean... How is this to be celebrated by anybody? It doesn't matter your sexual orientation, no class. And then you have uh, Biden saying words like the bravest people. Yes. Bravery is, 
How is that? The president's version of the bravest people he can think of in America are people taking their tops off at the White House. You notice, Rhea, he he didn't give a a, a name or two. Uh, Who are these brave people pretending to be men and pretending to and women pretending to to be whatever? I, I mean, I would imagine there's a lot of brave Americans that were left behind uh, almost two years ago in Afghanistan mm-hmm. when Biden pulled the plug on that right. operation in an absolute disgraceful act of exactly. cowardice. But yeah, we'll, you know, we'll sell our allies down the river, you know, the interpreters, the fixers, what have you, even Americans. And yet Biden considers a man and a woman dressing as the opposite sex as what? An a- that's an act of bravery? Explain this to me. The bravest of all acts, according to the president of America. I know a lot of Americans were complaining that the pride flag was raised to the same level as the American flag as well. It's just, I I feel like the LGBTQ plus community is getting so politicized that it's doing a disservice to their community, as well as all of the Uh, for lack of better words, normal people in their community who are saying, oh my gosh, like I'm sure some of them are watching this and going, oh, this is making us look so bad. And I feel bad for those people. A hundred percent. And Dre, as they say in the business press, the bottom line is the bottom line. Anheuser-Busch, their stock value, I think it's now down US 16 and a half billion. Target is in the same ballpark too. I mean, if you, you know, as they say, go woke, go broke. Uh, these companies might survive this. It almost seems like they're trying to go into bankruptcy protection on purpose. But um, it's a cautionary tale. Even when you have um, Sleepy Joe uh, going to bat for the trans community, don't think the vast majority of Americans are on side with that. And the proof is in the pudding with what we're seeing with the likes of Target and Bud Light. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, hot off the press, Olivia, helping things uh, run smoothly from behind the scenes, just let me know that Biden has actually come out to condemn that behavior. The White House condemns trans activists for going topless at Pride Month, uh, inappropriate and disrespectful. So that's good news. Um, So that's really good. And, you know, I can't help but think of our prime minister who certainly didn't condemn similar behavior. There's pictures of him floating around with a very young uh, feminist without her top on. And he seems to not think that's inappropriate at all. It says, um, here we go. This behavior is inappropriate and disrespectful for any event at the white house is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate LGBTQ plus families or the other hundreds of guests who were in attendance individuals in the video will not be invited to future events okay okay i hear you well i'm happy to see that i'm happy to see it too it's funny though i'm sure some will condemn that as a, as words of uh, transphobia oh, yeah. uh, it'll be anti-trans or something indeed but drea uh, make no mistake that's obviously damage control and crisis management in the face of what i would imagine to be incredible blowback. I mean, here's the iconic Mm -hmm. White House uh, being taken over by gender benders doing a strip tease. Um, I bet you on the day of that, Biden had no problem with it. But when the feedback came in, 
That's why you're seeing this damage control press release go out. Yes, I, I wouldn't doubt it. But I mean, I can't help but compare to Canada. I feel like we still wouldn't see uh, any condemnation in that. I That's what I believe. So at least they're hearing the people on that. Well, you know, and, and it's funny you say that a video of mine that just went up yesterday, it was very, it was fascinating because it was a video a year in the, in the making, Drea. Uh, last year, uh, Bud Light here in Canada, they came out with these pronoun cans. So in addition to the du rigueur rainbow you see on everything in June, it seems, they had words like z, zem, zai, zire. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing them right. They're just made up words. I don't think people in that community use these words. I mean, no. maybe if I go to, you know, some wackadoodle taking gender studies on a campus somewhere, they know what this means. And it was very interesting because they said corporate communications, we went all the way to London, Ontario, Labatt's corporate headquarters, they'd get back to us. Well, I think waiting a year is enough. So <laughs> what's fascinating, and again, it, you know, it adds fuel, fuel, to, fuel to the fire, I should say, Drea, of you wonder if these people are p deliberately trying to go out of business. And it's this, the vast majority of Bud Light cans uh, in in Canada, uh, surely Ontario, it's the typical standard traditional uh, blue, just saying mm -hmm. Bud Light. But they just can't separate themselves away. So maybe 10% of the inventory has those rainbows on it. Oh, and I'm yeah. thinking, guys, pick a lane. You know, what yeah. is fascinating about this boycott? Because boycotts come and go. Some are successful, most are not. But Drea, I have never in my life seen a boycott like this one. You have people who are no. right of center saying, we're tired of this trans nonsense being shoved down our throats. You can't even pay me to drink Bud Light. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. on the other side of the scale, Drea, you have, I, I saw a story, it was out of Chicago. I bet you there's other um, bars that fall into this in other states. But they were talking about the gay bars in Chicago saying, Bud Light is not welcome here. Anheuser-Busch really? did not take enough of a stance. So what I'm saying, oh, right, you yeah. can completely offend <laughs> everyone, everyone on the political spectrum, you've mm -hmm. got a brand and communications crisis on your hand. Oh, for sure. Marketing 101, know your target market. <laughs> they totally slapped their target market in the face. And uh, you're right. That's a very good point. They Even Target. Same thing happened with them. Yep. Um, you had both sides wanting to boycott them, one for targeting children with their uh, pride line and the other for moving that pride line in the back after their target market said, we don't want this here. So you're right. It's a, it's a very dangerous game to go woke. You might find yourself broke. It seems oh, more increasingly and likely. You know, Andrea, I feel so left out. I really want to join the Bud Light boycott due to the Dylan Mulvaney and the gender can nonsense. But the fact is, I was already boycotting Bud Light. <laughs> I, I, I would call it horse piss, except I don't want to insult the equestrian community. Uh, it's not a good product. It's uh, it's all sizzle, no steak. In other words, marketing. You know, back when they did fun marketing campaigns, like remember Spuds McKenzie? You know, the little... Uh, Dog, do you remember that? Or okay, no. I'm showing my age. Well, who doesn't like dogs? That was everybody safe. likes dogs, <laughs> exactly. Right? You know, yeah. So that's the the takeaway message from uh, you know for Anheuser Busch. Uh, 
don't put trans activism on your cans and in your ads and your social media. Uh, stick to, you know, the red, white, and blue, patriotism, dogs, cute little dogs like Spuds McKenzie. And then I think maybe, uh, oh, and one other thing, Drea, how about apologizing to your core audience? You know, mm -hmm. blue collar men, mm -hmm. frat boys that your director of marketing who is now on leave demonized, you know, the same frat boys. <laughs> Walking out the beer store with two cases of Bud Light under their arms. Yeah. Exactly. It's unbelievable. But uh, that boycott shows no signs of ending and uh, good on the boycotters. Listen, let's take a break and uh, we'll get back to, um, oh, more irrelevance. Um, Mr. Aaron O'Toole. Yes. <laughs> Canadians for Truth proudly presents an evening with Sarah Palin. Get ready for an incredible evening, Sunday, June 18th, 2023. Former Alaska governor and vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin's remarkable journey and steadfast dedication to speaking up when it's easier to stay silent are just a few of the many reasons you'll want to hear from her. This event will be hosted by Olympians Theo Fleury and Jamie Soleil and promises to provide valuable insights, inspiration, and entertainment. The show starts at 7 p.m. at the Grey Eagle Event Center in Calgary, Alberta. But act now because tickets for this will not last. So, Drea, I was listening. I didn't see the video, but I heard the audio uh, on the radio of uh, Aaron O'Toole's farewell speech. A couple of things. First of all, he's sort of presenting himself as an elder, states, elder statesman um, longing for the days of civility on this uh, Business Civility Day. And yet I'm thinking, Drea, isn't this the jabroni that filmed the porta potty video? This is Justin Trudeau's uh, new office once we <laughs> form government. Are you kidding me? Potty jokes? And and even that was a fail. The, the amount of wind noise going on at the time yeah. uh, made it unlistenable. Also, uh, a personal anecdote here. On the day before uh, the uh, 2021 election, it was a Sunday, uh, my camera woman and I went out to a Markham, Ontario, Aaron O'Toole presser. He was so terrified to see the Rebel News mic flash that he spent 45 minutes curled up in the fetal position of his bus as, they, as he got his thugs to figure out what to do. And what his thugs mm -hmm. did, Drea, and one of them was um, that soy boy, Corey Hahn, who has since left the uh, Conservative Party. They had us move from the property. No, like, like we weren't anywhere near where the press conference was. We couldn't even be on the berm. We had to walk onto a live lane of traffic. They said the oh curb goodness. was the property line. And I found out the day after, it's actually one meter of that land is uh, the city of Markham property. They had mm -hmm. no, no business, right. no right whatsoever putting us in a truly dangerous wow. situation with cars whipping by at 70 clicks an hour. What were your thoughts uh, on this uh, farewell speech? 
Well, I've only seen actual like clips of it. I never watched the whole thing, but there's one part which I'm pretty sure we're about to show people where I'm like, whoa, he is totally uh, taking a dig at conservatives. Yes. Which is just so awkward. Um, why don't we show that and then we'll talk more. Got it. NATO, the United Nations, the Commonwealth. Ooh. But today, too often, we're allowing conspiracy theories about the UN or the World Economic Forum <laughs> go unchallenged. Or we attribute sinister motives to these organizations or people in a way that is simply not true or not fair. And if we do this more, we're allowing others to define the debate for us. Oh, Dre, wow. what a fraud. I remember yeah. scrumming him politely at uh, the independent press gallery debate uh, when he was vying for the leadership of the party. Oh, he had all the time in the world for Rebel News then. And we had <laughs> a QA and a, &A um, going back and forth. And you remember when he was vying for the leadership, Drea, he was the true blue conservative. And yeah. once he got the leadership, guess what? Red Tory town. What a fraud. Major. I just keep seeing that when they were all standing in the circle together doing that rehearsed uh, go get your jab. Was it go get vaccinated? Oh, basically? Yeah. Oh, he was so embarrassing. But I mean, did he just say conspiracy theories? Yeah. I mean, how tone deaf can you be? He, what is he doing there? Lining himself for his position in the new world order or something to just show? Listen, I'm moving on. I have nothing to do with these conservative people because so many conservatives were labeled conspiracy theorists about things that were true at the time they were said it said it and then became true to the vast majority of people or the vast majority of people became aware of them six months later and here he is using the same language trudeau language um, to people in his own party members of the party it's such a disgrace and sticking up for uh, the organizations he mentions, like the WEF, it's concerning. And I will mention if you can go to if we can go to um, MP Leslin Lewis's Twitter. I'm sure it's one of her most recent posts. He's almost taking a dig at her as well yeah. because she is uh, really looking into the Agile Nations Charter. I know we've done a report on that as well, and she's doing videos updating people about while everybody was distracted and concerned of COVID in 2020, here our country was making agreements, um, you know, that make our information go back and forth. So she's really going into what people have labeled her a conspiracy theorist. CBC has done that to her for things sure. like that as well. So what a way to go out. Oh, it, well, well, I guess he has nothing to lose uh, right now, uh, does he? Mm -hmm. But another reason I loathe this man is that he extended, extended the reign of uh, Justin Trudeau. And when we go back to the 2021 election, it was actually fascinating. Trudeau had a horrible first week and everybody was saying, rightly, don't judge a campaign on a bad first week. And then Trudeau had an awful second week. Meanwhile, O'Toole was sticking to the true blue script at the time. And mm -hmm. then after week two, what does he do, Drea? Oh, suddenly he's about carbon taxes. Suddenly mm -hmm. he's all about a gun grab. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. he flip-flopped. 
I maintain that if he stuck to true blue campaigning, as he did in the first two weeks of that campaign, you would have had at least a minority conservative government. Instead, we got blackface back in power yet again. Uh, so yet again, another reason uh, to really load this guy. And he started off the, you know, it's kind of like Aaron O'Toole in 2023. It's kind of like a Yoko Ono concert. It starts out badly and then it proceeds to get <laughs> horrid. Because um, you remember, I think it was on New Year's Day, he put out that essay of... Um, how awful it is to see conservatives brandishing F Trudeau flags. Are you kidding me? Did you ever think about why they were brandishing those flags, O'Toole? Maybe because they've lost their jobs, they've lost their houses, mm -hmm. they've mm -hmm. had their bank accounts frozen. I mean, he is so detached, I think, from conservative uh, voters, uh, Drea, that thank goodness he's out the mm -hmm. door. And by the way, it just shows you too his true metal. Uh, yeah, you're no longer the leader, but you're still an MP uh, for the yeah. Durham region. Why don't you stick around and still represent your constituents? Oh no, no, he's too mm -hmm. fragile-minded for that. He's he's got to leave. And that gives fodder to your theory, Drea. What is he vying for? You know, yeah. some kind of UN or WEF appointment. I mean, how else, what is he going to do to pay the bills? That's what I say. I think it's very calculated to put that into your farewell speech. Oh, yeah. And uh, let's keep an eye on where he goes next quietly uh, to follow up on that. A hundred percent. And um, and on the flip side, um, you know, the man who would have been a conservative leader going back to, um, well, 2018 when the convention was held, and uh, it's Maxine Bernier. You know, was that Rebel Live? And I, I gave this anecdote. Maxine Bernier was there. He got a laugh out of it, Drea. I said, whenever I see uh, Maxine Bernier, I think of, I think it's the best Star Trek episode ever filmed, The City on the Edge of Forever. And, you know, it's the one where McCoy goes back in time and somehow he completely alters history. There's no Federation. There's no Starship Enterprise. And if you recall in 2018, it went to 13 ballots. Sheer mm. wins by less than 1%. Yeah. And it was thanks to the dairy tension. farmers, right? And I'm just thinking, um, if only we could reverse the time-space continuum, have Maxine Bernier uh, be the leader. Maybe uh, Justin Trudeau is a, is a one-term prime minister. We'll never know. But I like what he's doing with this PPC policy on self-defense um, and he's advocating, well, it's, it's, you know, more castle doctrine, the right to, um, you know, arm yourself and fight off home invaders in your homes. And the fact, and I love this woman should be allowed to use pepper spray against right. uh, rapists as a woman, Drea, or as someone who identifies as a woman. <laughs> what do you say about this? <laughs> You know, it's really it's really disheartening that we can't have pepper spray. I mean, it's not something that's going to kill someone. I used to work at a nightclub and, and get out at like 3 a.m. And, you know, you need these things because of what can happen in certain situations. Wow. And I totally agree with this. And also the home laws, protecting yourself in home. That's something else that um, his policy, um, if you read it, says there have been many cases over the past years when honest citizens who defended themselves against violent assailants 
were themselves charged and went on trial because they used force that was not deemed reasonable in the circumstances and proportionate to the perceived threat. If someone's breaking in your home, whether it be a rapist or a burglar, they have a weapon, you should be able to use force to save your life. That situation is already, uh, you can't predict whether they're there to kill you or just rob you or or rape you or what have you. So I am, I'm totally in agreement with this. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the laws of protecting yourself in your home are in many ways stricter than protecting yourself outside of the home. Um, it, it's like there's extra layers of, no, you cannot do this. Well, I think when it comes to weapons, but the, the here's the problem, Drea, with defending yourself in your home. And w as far as I'm concerned, that's the finish line. Once you're in your house, there is no more running to do. You have the right, even with lethal force, to defend yourself. But yeah. as gun owners know, law-abiding gun owners, here's the problem. You have your guns with trigger locks in mm -hmm. a locked case. Yeah, you have your because. ammunition in a separate lock case. Think yeah. about it, Drea. Someone's coming barged into your house. We're talking seconds, not minutes. By the time mm -hmm. you get the trigger locks off, the guns out of one uh, case, the ammo out of the other case, load the guns, uh, you're already beaten to a pulp. That's, yeah. that, that's the reality, you know, mm -hmm. unless you're going to break the rules and have a loaded uh, weapon uh, readily available. And, you know, and, and I think that's fascinating that, um, you, uh, in another life, leaving a nightclub had to bring <laughs> pepper spray with you, uh, because even it's, uh, the left will argue this, Drea, and I think it's a bogus argument. Don't arm yourself with pepper spray or say a knife because the assailant will use it against you. Oh, you mean as opposed yeah. to his own knife? As opposed to his brute strength? Oh, is is that what you mean? Uh, yeah. So I think that argument is uh, nonsensical. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's just an excuse for keeping this on. But uh, yeah, and you're, you made really good points of could you even use your gun the way that it's supposed to be set up? But I do believe there has to be changes for self-protection in this area, so... 100%. It's called Castle Doctrine. Like I said, you know, as the saying goes, a man's home is his castle, vice versa if it's a woman. And uh, you should be able to use lethal force if necessary if you're encountering someone. But as we've seen in so many cases, um, some guy defending his home, even firing mm -hmm. warning shots they yeah. get the brunt of that. the law enforcement attention. That is appalling. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that moment, I mean, what are you going to do? You have to deal with it later. Yeah. Well, you're pretty fit. You can run away. I'm too fat for that. I'd have to unlock my bicycle, pump up the tires. You see what the problem is? I'm going to get beaten up by the time I get my bike going. So anyways, Drea, we, uh, I hope you never had to use that pepper spray no. uh, back in your no. nightclub days. That's I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Let's go to another ad break and we'll uh, pick it up uh, on the other side of this. Living with spike protein in a post-pandemic world is something we all have to grapple with, whether you've had the virus, you've been vaccinated yourself, or if you're around those who were. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is a daily supplement that can help you feel your best and then stay that way. Go to twccanada.health to get back to that pre-pandemic feeling with Spike Support. Use coupon code REBEL to save 10% off these doctor-formulated products, which are rooted in science, and for a limited time, your first 
first month's membership is only 99 cents. That's twccanada.health coupon code REBEL at checkout. It's time to put your wellness back in the driver's seat. Have you checked out the fresh new swag we have at rebelnewsstore.com? Like this nifty resistance trucker sweater? We have warm, cozy sweaters, t-shirts, mugs, hats, phone cases, you name it. Everything to fit your freedom-loving needs or maybe even trigger a liberal family member or friend. And for a limited time, you can use code TAMARA10 at checkout to save 10% off of your total order. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, check out all of our new designs, make some purchases, and use code TAMARA, that's T-A-M-A-R-A, 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Head on over, check it out. Drea, here's something I really want to talk about because I couldn't believe the verbal garbage I was listening to the radio with the usual talking heads uh, clutching their pearls. It's about this Peel police officer. He was a sergeant at the time, I believe. He's now been demoted to uh, first-class constable, and that was because he went to a Mississauga gym. He would not enforce those draconian lockdown bylaws. He even hugged a, a demonstrator, and... All the narrative you're hearing about this from the usual suspects, mm-hmm. Rhea, is, well, he's a law enforcement officer. You have to be detached. You have to carry yeah. out your job. Oh, really? Well, the year before, that would be mm-hmm. uh, uh, 2020, um, didn't we have police chiefs, including at the time Mark Saunders, who's now running to become mayor of Toronto, um, taking a knee with the Black Lives Matter demonstrators, doing the Black Power raise fist salute, and also turning a blind eye, I'll let you know, that was the peak of COVID, uh, the social distancing rules, the masking rules, you know, the kind of things that um, the freedom fighters and the patriots were being thrown into the paddy wagon for their protests. So give me a break that there are some demonstrations that you can get warm and fuzzy with the protesters. Mm-hmm. And apparently there are others where you cannot. I think the hypocrisy is off the charts, Drea. It totally is. I feel so bad about this. It's so, and you see touch warming videos of officers, um, you know, playing basketball with kids. We all love that type of stuff. And here you have an officer who used empathy, something that police officers are supposed to have as well. Um, and, and is hugging and allowing people to do what is within their charter rights to do to protest. And so this is really one of the heroes of the day. More officers should have taken a stand like this. And it's sad to see what's happening to him. And when you think of uh, community policing, the the foundation of what policing was, you know, founded on, I think it was Robert Peel or Peel, sorry, I might be butchering that name. Um, you know, it was about knowing people in your community so that you break down walls so that there isn't a rise in tensions and things like that. And that's what you're doing. When the police come, they're very intimidating sometimes. And um, so then you have this officer who's just like, hey, you know, keeping the peace. No, 100 percent. You know, it's funny. You've triggered a memory. I once knew someone with the old Canadian um, Airborne unit um, who had a knowledge of policing. And he said, you know, Dave, if I was chief, you know, the first thing I do, I said, no, what's that? He says, I put half of the police cruisers on blocks and I make these police officers go old school 
walk mm-hmm. up and down a beat, get to know the shopkeepers. Get to know everybody. Get, exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because too, too many times I think it's just drive-by policing um, where you're not really paying attention. And also, I can t- I'm in York region. I swear, Drea, I'm near a cinema with a big parking lot. And sometimes I've walked by, and I'm not trying to denounce the York Regional Police, but I see this so often. Sometimes as many as five police SUVs lined up window to window and they're all like chatty Cathy's like what are yes, you doing I've seen that out here too yeah that's <laughs> crazy right it's, you, it's, you know if yeah. you have to be confined to your cruiser at least drive around especially a region as big as that but you know when we look back at what we did to people during the last three years mm. Drea, the idea mm-hmm. of you denied them to go to the gym you suggested stay at home, cocoon yourself, wear a mask, and in the case of uh, Doug Ford, uh, eat some more cherry cheesecake. Yeah, that gr- way to go, fat bastard. Let's get the obesity and the diabetes right off the scale. You know, what <laughs> harm was there? Dre, I look at it like scalping, right? When you're going to yeah. a concert or a sports event and you go up to a scalper, and I've even had people in law enforcement tell me this, that this is not a crime. If I'm a scalper and you come to me and you say, I want to buy a pair of tickets and I've marked them up 300%, but -hmm. you're willing to pay that, well, what's the crime? And what I'm saying here is that people going to a gym voluntarily to work out and the gym welcoming them in, again, Mm -hmm. what is the crime? This guy's a hero in my book. Oh, absolutely. This is a perfect example. There it is, the video of him hugging. I mean, that goes a long way for a group of people who were so dehumanized. That's what was happening. And, you know, when you look at how people were excluded um, from their own families, from their own friends, from their own jobs, and how peaceful the movement fighting against that was, it actually is really remarkable. And so it's nice that there was a few officers who could see that these were just Canadians standing up for their rights and peacefully. And you know, Dre, I got a a hypothetical question for you. If we have to, you know, because there's a lot of buzz, especially with these wildfires and the smoke drifting down to major U.S. cities, and you see, oh, you better wear a mask, uh, you better stay indoors, and I'm thinking, hmm, where have I (laughs) seen this movie before, right? And of course, uh, the uh, Enviro Zealots, Um, Mm -hmm. they're all about climate lockdowns because they'll point to the COVID years and say, look how the carbon footprint uh, went down by a double digit percent. Wouldn't it be a jolly idea for the sake of the environment that one year out of every four, we just shut everything down like the first year of COVID? I swear I'm not making this up, Drea. Whether it's a climate lockdown Mm -hmm. or some new coronavirus, if the authorities try to implement what we saw the last three years when quite frankly we didn't know better heck when i was going out to the airport to do those interviews i was wearing gloves i had goggles on two oh, masks yeah. right i had the n95s before they were sold out exactly but <laughs> now that we know better what i'm asking you drea with the canadian public the majority of them i know there's some that are gung-ho to be told what to do they're the ones still wearing masks that's who they are But would people go along with this garbage again? Because I would like to think that 
all shopkeepers, gym owners, you name it, would say, no, 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 uh, you can't arrest and throw us all in jail. We know this is bogus. Um, or would there be compliance? What do you say? Collectivism is so powerful, this belief that you have to behave in a way that you believe everybody wants you to. So I do believe, unfortunately, even business owners who were hurt before, maybe even lost their business or almost lost the business, some of them, many of them would fall into it, um, even if they don't want to. With that said, there are so many people now who look back at the last few years and go, you know what, that wasn't right, that shouldn't have happened. So there would certainly be a larger uh, amount of people who, you know, would say, no, I'm not doing this again, enough is enough. And then there's the percentage of people who sort of saw through it very early on, and they're going to snap back into action right away with this. They're going to see right through the agendas. I think they're already seeing through some of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and as I said, Dre, I mean, I, I think the ones who are gung ho for that, they're the ones that right now on a beautiful summer day, when they're driving alone in a car with the windows up and wearing a mask, those are the ones that say, that's right now a political statement. They're saying, I love big government. I love big lockdowns. I love being told what to do. Can hardly mm -hmm. wait for it to come back. I would like to think the vast majority of people have said, you know what? We sure learned something. We were quite, kind of ignorant in 2020, but by 2023, we woke up and uh, that ain't going to happen again. Um, I see there's another topic that we flagged. I'll and just Oh, yeah, on, I'll just go to a, a live chat real yes, quick please. for those just tuning in. If you don't know what that is, you can comment on the show. We'll read out your comments if you go to Rumble or Odyssey and do a donation of $5 or more. Um, this first one is from Chris, uh, Chris K-J-E-L, not sure how to pronounce that, it says boards of directors are liable for loss in shareholder value for woke nonsense so well the board of a directors yes absolutely they play a role in it a, a quiet behind the scenes role um so that's sort of i'm guessing re um related to our talk on bud light earlier oh 100 <laughs> percent drea yeah. i am astonished that the ceo of anheuser-busch is still in that position i can't believe it <laughs> maybe maybe he was like against it all along and he's like see i told you so you never know but I wonder how many companies dodged a bullet before Pride season because of this. They're so lucky that this happened beforehand because Bud Light could have saved this for, yes. for Pride Month and done it then. And then everybody else would already have their marketing. I wonder how many companies went, oh, we're going back to the drawing table. Scratch everything we had planned. Uh, yeah, we're going with this instead. You know what I mean? I would, so. I would bet the ranch that you're right on that, that they saw the Dylan Mulvaney thing. They saw the boycott. Then, of course, Target, uh, yeah. Maybelline Cosmetics. There's a boycott of them. They hired Del Mulvaney after the Bud Light fiasco. What the hell? They like? Are you really trying to go bankrupt? But to your point, I think you're being very kind-hearted that the CEO, well, he didn't know this was, you know, happening under his watch. I don't know. But even if that's the case, Drea, he's dropping the ball on one fundamental thing, which is this: a heart felt transparent apology. He right. should get out and say to the core audience that we are so sorry for this fiasco, 
But he will not do this, I think, because he's getting advice. Oh, if you do that, boss, you're going to really offend uh, the Rainbow Mafia. Well, yeah, that's Which less than true. 2% of the population. Right. Well, and they've got allies who have been trained warriors <laughs> for this very moment if he comes out and does it. There will be, and it's not just that they're a small group that would be outraged with it. It's that they would be amplified by the mainstream media, um, by talk shows. They would have their complaints just voice so much. So I don't think, I agree that he needs to apologize to his people, to his target market. But it isn't an easy thing to do. I think they're just hoping that the next thing will happen and then they can get back up on their feet. Well, you know what, Drea? I'll say this. You're right. Maybe it's not an easy thing to do. But from a moral, ethical and business yes. perspective, it's the right thing to do. And yeah. uh, we'll we'll just continue to watch uh, Bud Light go down the uh, drain uh, figuratively and uh, literally. Do you know, I came across a story. You literally can't pay people to drink Bud White. There was, I forget which market this was, but it was a case of Bud Light in the U.S. for $19.98. And <laughs> on the cases, you had a coupon for 20 bucks. In other words, you're being paid two cents by the cashier. America still has pennies, too. And it's still languishing on the shelf. That I mean, you know, I think that they just want they just want you walking out with the case. They want people in the parking lot to see that you bought it. Oh, man. Well, a lot of this stuff is now getting near best before date, and uh, they're desperate to move it. Anyways, why don't we go to a clip of the big boss man himself, Ezra Levent? You know, we are in a lawsuit against Gibo. Um, speaking of uh, environmental zealots, um, mm -hmm. and I might add, this is a factual statement, he's a convicted criminal. He uh, once did right. some uh, shenanigans uh, outside the CN Tower. Uh, but I guess that makes him, um, you know, a key kind of guy in the eyes of blackface. Uh, but we were blocked um, on his social media which is, uh, he can do that on his personal one, but his government account, uh-uh, can't do that. But he break, yeah. broke the law, as so many Trudeau liberals like to do. So let's get an update um, from Ezra Levant in terms of how our uh, court case is going. Oh, hi, everybody. Ezra Levant here. I'm in an Uber, very slowly making my way through Toronto traffic downtown to the federal court of Canada, where in about a half hour's time, there will be a hearing I'm suing Stephen Gilbo, the environment minister who was formerly the heritage minister. I'm suing him. You might think it's a small matter, not even worth a lawsuit. He's blocking me on Twitter. In our original lawsuit, Sheila Gunn-Reed was suing, suing Catherine McKenna, uh, another cabinet minister, for blocking her. But McKenna's not in office anymore, so he dropped her from the suit. Gilbo is blocking me on Twitter because I'm on his enemies list. He simply doesn't like me, and it's his right not to like me but it's not his right to ban me from receiving a government service. And you might not at first think that Twitter is a government service, but it is. It's a source of an enormous amount of information about the government's plans. I'm not talking about his personal Twitter account or his family Facebook account. I don't care about that. I care about the government office. There's about two dozen people that manage his communications. And as a citizen and as a business person, as a journalist, I have an interest and a right to get that information just like I have the right to do anything with the government, applying for a grant, let's say, which I don't do, 
or you know, availing myself of any other government program or service. Can Gilbo have an enemies list where he simply says, I can't get employment insurance or I can't get a pension? What other services would he deny to me simply because he doesn't like me? I think this is a very important precedent that we need to set. And if we set it, it'll stop Trudeau from weaponizing uh, government services. But if we lose, I think that Trudeau will start pushing people out of public life. It will be a kind of cancel culture that Trudeau will put throughout the government, uh, every government agency. So I think it's a pretty important battle. I'll be live tweeting the trial, and you can find more updates at twitterlawsuit.ca. And if you think this is an important one, feel free to chip in to help cover the costs of our excellent lawyer, Chad Williamson. So that's at twitterlawsuit.ca. I'll talk to you soon. Fantastic. And Andrea, uh, Ezra will have indeed an update on his show tonight yeah. at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I concur with every point Ezra said there. Uh, I believe, I'm going by memory, I think there was already kind of a precedent set. It was the former Ottawa mayor who blocked somebody, and that person successfully got himself unblocked based on the exact uh, premise that Ezra was chatting about. I'll have, don't quote me for, on it, but I'll have to look into it. But in the bigger picture, by the way, Dre, have you ever been blocked by anyone or do you block anyone? <laughs> you know what? I don't block anybody unless they are spam. So I've got my haters, my loyal haters. Sometimes they pop up and I go, where are you? Where have you been? I missed you. Like we haven't been <laughs> talking. But no, as a rule, I, I feel like if you just sort of ignore for the most part that they'll leave you alone. I don't know if that works. But I, if they're spamming or, you know, trying to sell something, then I block those types of accounts. Have I been blocked? Yes, I've been blocked by a lot of people. Actually, I will... What? I will go like find out who somebody is for whatever reason I'm working on a report and I'll go and I'm blocked. And I'm like, I didn't even know your name till five minutes ago. <laughs> Why did you block me? Um, but I also did a report that the premier of uh, British Columbia, David Eby has blocked some people who um, are activists that are not in support of drag queen story time. So he's done posts oh about drag, supporting drag queen story time and he's blocked some of his own uh, citizens in his province who are upset with that. So this is a, I'm so glad we're doing this lawsuit. Like Ezra said, some people might think it's trivial, but it's not. You have elected public officials shutting yep. out um, citizens journalists who commute who communicate to the public what's going on and as you know if you're watching you probably know we bring you the other side of the story that the state preferred media will ignore so imagine if this precedent continues to hold where they could just uh shut us out completely so yeah twitterlawsuit.ca i believe is where you can find out more about it and as we'll, we'll have an update but also it's not cheap to take on these fights so if you guys have a few bucks please do donate towards this case because um, we're fighting for everybody with these types of cases that this type of stuff can't continue. A hundred percent. And uh, it, it is for all of our free speech. It's not a rebel right. thing. Uh, th that's appalling that your premier is blocking people like that. You know, and really, I, like a guy like the convicted criminal Gibo, is, is he really that fragile? Is he really that uber sensitive? You know, yeah. I'm going to block. It's so immature to me. I mean, uh, I've never blocked anyone. In fact, Dre, about three or four years ago, there was somebody, I can't remember the, the, uh, the handle, but 
he began every comment and I got a laugh out of it because you, you can only laugh at the outrageousness. It was, mm -hmm. given that David Menzies is a convicted pedophile, how can we believe? I mean, like, oh, really? When was the trial? Right? You know? But oh I God. even let that nut bar ramble off. And he just, yeah. I, guess, I guess he was trying to get blocked because he just ended up not speaking to me. The only two people I know that blocked me is, oh, here's the surprise. Sneaky Patrick Brown, the oh, mayor of Brampton, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mr. DeBono, uh, I can't remember his first name, he is the Toronto Catholic school teacher that is uber woke, is totally down okay. with the trans agenda to the point where he has said in social media that Jesus Christ was a trans individual. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, know? my gosh. So I know they say because he wore a skirt. Like, <laughs> So I think I'll wear those two blockers as a uh, badge of honor. Yeah, that, well, you certainly <laughs> exposed Patrick Brown so many times. It doesn't surprise me that he's the one who blocked you. He's, oh. He probably wakes up having nightmares about David <laughs> popping up when he's doing something wrong. So. <laughs> I, th I think you're right. And he yeah. deserves to have nightmares. Uh, Drea, I think we're at the end of the road, unless yes. we have some chats. Well, we we do. We have one more very generous chat. Thank oh, you so much um, from Medic Deb. And I believe I've seen uh, her comment before. A hundred dollars. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. And it says, thank you. You are all amazing. God bless you for the truth. Well, God bless you. And thank you again. A hundred. We didn't, um, you know, put the decimal in the wrong place, did we? A hundred bucks. I know, she's that, like, can that, I have everything? No, that's That a is lot of serious love. money, Deb. Thank love. you so yeah. much. I believe, um, Medic Deb, I, I, is she a nurse, I believe? Or, I, you know, I, I hope I'm not uh, getting that wrong. I'm not but sure. That is um, an outrageously generous donation. Thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Thank you it. so much. Well, and it's thanks past to everybody else who tuned in. A hundred percent. And especially all those who made a donation like Medic Deb and um, our thanks again to super producers, Efren and Olivia for getting all those clips going. And Drea, thank you for uh, filling in for uh, Tamara Ugolini. I'm not sure. I think usually you do Wednesdays. I'm not sure if you're back tomorrow or Thursdays. It, I usually it's do. It's Thursday. Okay. So it's likely going to be me and either Sheila Gunn-Reed or Tamara Ugolini. There you go. Thank you so much, uh, folks. That was a fun show. Uh, I will see you back at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, Wednesday, June 14th. And in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.